now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God in this day of resurrection Sunday, almost 2,000 years ago, on a day just like this. While it was still dark, that's when the actual resurrection took place. The ladies went by just as it was sunrise. Praise God. Without the resurrection, there is no gospel. Without the resurrection, everything that we believe is not true. Without the resurrection, we don't have any hope. But thank God for the resurrection. The first Adam brought sin and death. The second Adam, he brought life, eternal life, the first fruit. Thank you, Jesus. I went back and forth asking God, Lord, what do you want me to put on, on paper here? What do you want me to pen concerning the title of this message? And after many different titles, Lord, I settled on this one. Mary Madeline, Beyond the Resurrection. Mary Madeline, you put a slash right there, beyond the resurrection. Let's ask the Spirit to bless us. Father, in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. God, thank you for your word. You give it to us to reveal yourself. To reveal that you are sovereign. You give it to us to reveal God that you love your creation. So Holy Spirit. Please give us understanding today. We know that can only be possible through you speaking the living word in our hearts. So thank you Jesus. All that you want us to receive today we humble ourselves. As we hear from you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's turn to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And verses 1, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Madeline and Mary, the mother of James... And Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint Jesus. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came upon the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. So the resurrection took place just before this. 
sometime before this. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? It's not that in order for the resurrection to take place, it was necessary for the stone to roll away. But the rolling away of the stone was to see that empty tomb that was for our benefit. And when they looked and saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great, and entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. I love that old King James word. <laughs> we don't use that today. Affrighted. There were two angels there, actually. But here Mark is mentioning one who no doubt was given a position of prominence. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. The greatest announcement. Gabriel announced the coming of the Christ child. The angel is announcing he is risen. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. Jesus told him this will happen. Jesus gave them this information beforehand. What a blessing. If we go to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. And verses 27. And Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And after that, I am risen. I will go before you into Galilee. (coughs) And they went quickly and fled from the sepulcher. For they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, this is a precious text right here, he appeared first first human person to Mary Madeline, out of whom he had cast 
seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they moaned and wept. Now I often ask this question over the over many years, more than 30 years in the pastorate. And I have had people ask me this question. And really, I haven't had an answer clearly what it could be, and I have respected different perspectives on this. The question was, is simply this. Why did Jesus choose Mary Madeline? I have had folks, Christian folks, ask this question, and they ask me and then they answer it. They asked me because they were trying to make a point out of this. Said maybe he asked Mary Madeline, and they went on. They came with some idea of equal rights for women. And they went on and on with that. And people have all these different perspectives. By the way, we shouldn't do that. That's called eisegesis. That's where we put our thoughts and our own concepts into God's word. Instead of exegesis, where we're taking out, it means to pull out from the word of God. Allow the spirit to speak God's word into our hearts. But I've asked God, I've asked the Lord, Lord, why? And even in preparing this message, I said, Lord, why? Mary Madeline. And thank God. When we ask questions in time, God will make it clear. So I believe that God has made it clear to me. And when God speaks, he will support what he is saying from his word. And so the Holy Spirit made this very clear to me. Why did Jesus choose Mary Madeline? We don't know much about her. What we know is this, that our Lord Jesus cast seven demons out of this woman. Was she married? We don't know. About her family? We don't know. We have enough indication in the Bible to tell us that she may have come from a very wealthy family even in what she was involved with here, those who could afford the spices and the expensive. They were very expensive, and those who prepare those things, referred to as they bought sweet spices and the oils to anoint him. Other than that, we don't know much about her. But what we do know is this. That as she appears in scripture, she loved her Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. She loved him. What we do know is that she was thankful that God 
our Lord Jesus delivered her. He cast out those demons from in her. And she came to understand that Jesus is her Savior. That he is Messiah. And the Holy Spirit, God took me in answering and revealing this to me through the book of Revelation. It's a strange connection. And I said, okay, Lord. In Revelation chapter 2, and I want you to turn there. Revelation chapter 2. It says, unto the angels of the church of Ephesus write these things, said he, that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, and who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. That is our Lord Christ Jesus. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. This is a church that is well grounded in doctrine. This is a church that was able to examine material and what people are saying and says, no, that does not measure up to the word of God. This is a church that will be called a mature church. Verse 3. And has borne and has patience. And for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. They believed, they endured, they did it all in Jesus' name, and they stayed faithful to the truth. And yet our Lord Jesus said this to this church. He says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And there lies the answer concerning Mary Madeline. She held on to the depth of her love for her Savior. That's why she was there first. Throughout God's writing, God said to his people, when you go into the promised land, remember what I did. Remember. God wants us to be thankful. Dear lies, Mary Madeline, she was thankful for what her Lord and Savior Jesus did for her. She was simply thankful. She stayed in her first love. She stayed in her first love. It was not about Mary Madeline, a name for women's rights. It's Mary Madeline who understood 
what is meant to be controlled by demons. Seven demons in this woman. You think the number seven is completion? The ultimate possession. Seven demons. There is nothing she could have done to herself to command those demons to get out from her. She would have lived in torment for the rest of her life. Not to mention what society may have been doing to her. Jesus delivered her. And he revealed himself to her. And she loved him. And she stayed in the, she maintained that depth of love for Jesus. She maintained her first love. There may be other reasons. But today I stand before you sharing with you just this here that the Holy Spirit placed in my heart. God wants us to stay in our first love for him. That's our responsibility. There may be those who might say, well, are you saying that the apostles and Peter and others did not? I'm not saying that at all. That's not my point. But Jesus made a point when he spoke to her first. And she was there. This is not a question of anybody else. When you maintain your first love for the Lord, it's not to compare with somebody else. That's not what it is about. And neither should anyone compare one with the other. But she understood where Jesus brought her from. And she understood being loyal, being thankful, being committed, having a heart of gratitude and thankfulness to her Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. The Bible, the Word of God tells us this Mary Madeline did what she did regardless of who was around her. She did it because it was her individual walk with God. The demons did not possess everybody else. They possessed her. Jesus delivered her. She experienced the love of Jesus. So she is going to love him. Out of the warning for the church. And by the way, this you have left your first love. That depicts the first church, the church, the first century. That's what happened. They wandered away. And then today's church in many places, and so many believers today, have wandered away from that first love. It is our responsibility to maintain that. How do we maintain it? By being thankful. By remembering what God did for us. That's what it is. Just remember, dear God, Lord Jesus, 
when I was in a condition where the enemy had me all wrapped up, when no one else understood my dilemma, what I was in, dear God, Jesus, you came to me. And you delivered me and you loved me. And God says, you remember. Be thankful, be grateful. That's your first love. Beyond the resurrection. Are we following that? It's just a simple truth. I'm going to share some things here, the practical, make this applicable for today, right? We all understand this. We understand from Mary Madeline, her example, and how the Lord Jesus, he first, I love the word first, first revealed it to her. God says a contrite and a broken spirit he will not despise. God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth with a sincere heart. Jesus is not impressed by any kind of self that we can bring to him. We come to him just with honesty. He's not even impressed with earthly ministry, performance, things that we can show off. Lord, because of me, I have brought thousands in in your church to follow. He wants us a heart, the first love heart like Mary Madeline. God, thank you for saving me, Jesus. Thank you for loving me when I was in my worst condition. I cannot think of a condition worse than seven demons possessing this woman. The love that she had for her Savior, Christ Jesus. What then are some cunning lies of the devil that Satan brings in people's lives to cause us to wander away from our first love? When the devil says to people, to God's children whom he loved, and Jesus met you, someplace in your life, and he pours his life into your heart. The devil comes and say after that, you're not worthy, because he's a liar and the father of lies. And he may have just said that to Mary Madeline. She was not going to be exempted from such warfare, but then Mary would have reflected on, I am worthy. I was possessed by seven demons. And my Lord and my master loved me. He loved me when I was not lovable. So I'm worthy because he made me worthy. Because he loved me. So if that is your condition today, and the devil is whispering that in your ears, you rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. You're worthy because Jesus, the resurrected Savior, touched you at some point and brought you to himself. That's where the devil comes and says to the person. Secondly, secondly, 
should write all these things down in the back of the bulletin, right? That's where you have that space. So write it down. The devil then put in people's voices, people who are envious, people who themselves, to put it plainly, have nothing better to do, but to come around, and even, in, even among believers, and to say to you, I remember when you did so and so. We don't have to, we, we shouldn't hate them. Because Jesus loving us had nothing to do with some circumstance that someone else might be bringing. In other words, Jesus did not say, the only way I would love you is if somebody else stopped condemning you. Had nothing to do with anybody else. Jesus just loves us. So the devil might use others but we turn to our Lord. Are we following that? Jesus loves us. The third is this. What makes us wander away from our first love? Mary remembered. Mary Madeline not only remembered her situation, Mary was in tune with God. She was there with the other woman. She knew what had to happen. And she made herself available. So thirdly is this. When the devil brings things in our lives to distract us, to cause us to live a life other than the life that God wants us to live, we will move away from our first love. When we hear the word of God and God says, I give you doctrine, I want you to behave in a certain way, think in a certain way, act in a certain way, so we can hear the Holy Spirit guiding and leading us. But when we choose to not obey the word of God, when we choose to entertain sin, we say, oh, I'll do my own thing and God will still bless me because God owe it to me to bless me. We will wander away from the first love. We might have all the doctrine right, like that old first church. But God demands obedience to his truth. That's still an individual, that's your choice, isn't it? And the only way we can hear and we can be guided by the word of God is when we put ourselves in a church where we hear the word of God preach, Amen. where we hear doctrine taught, where we understand this is the way God wants us to think, and how do we relate to others. When temptation comes, temptations in all form, we say, I choose to obey Jesus. And when we have wondered, yes, we have wondered, but God still loves us. But he hates the sin. But he loves us. And he wants us to come back to him. 
in fellowship with him. That fellowship is broken when there is sin. That's what Jesus said to the first church. You have forgotten your first love. You have chosen to forget it. You have put something else in place. And here is a glorious invitation that Jesus tells us. Here is this glorious invitation. Go back to Revelation. Verses 5, Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Remember therefore from whence thou hast fallen, and repent, and do the first works. See what God wants us to do? Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlesticks out of its place, except thou repent. Verse 7, he says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. When we have forgotten the first love, Jesus is the one to correct it. And Jesus says, When we have forgotten the first love, our commitment to him to walk right, he says, my arms are stretched out. Ask forgiveness. Cease from doing what you're doing. Correct and get it right. And there is a warning. God says, when I give you time to correct it and you don't get it right, you run the risk. that I am not going to use you anymore as a testimony. Where does this line up with eternal life? Yes, when we are saved, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And only God knows how he will deal with that. But the scripture does tell us it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of God. Here is the positive. Jesus wants us to remember his first love. And pay attention to this. Mary, at this point, would not have experienced the Holy Spirit until in the sense of after Pentecost. After Pentecost, can you imagine Mary Madeline? After Pentecost, the Holy Ghost, the birth of the church, now she is filled with the Spirit. Well, she was on fire then, and remember her Savior, how much more after? Beyond the resurrection, we stay in our first love. And if we struggle to come back, because that's what led us away in the first place, God says, his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, hear what the Spirit is doing. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Right? God will always bring people around us. God will always bring his church and others to God will embrace us through others to help us. Whether the devil brought that condemnation, self-condemnation that took us away from the first love or he used somebody else or he causes or deceives us 
or we choose to compromise our life, Jesus is saying, you belong to me, come back to me. Stay in that first love. Want to conclude with this. Here is the most amazing thing when we stay in that first love. When we ask God, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins at the end of the day. God, where I have sinned against you, forgive me, O Holy Spirit. Lord, if I say I haven't sinned, I am just fooling myself. I'm deceiving myself, so I'm confessing my sin. And thank you, Jesus, that you promised that you would forgive me. So we start a day, every day, fresh. Here is a wonderful truth here. What happened to Mary? Because she maintained her first love with a heart of gratitude and thankfulness for what Jesus, what he did in her life. What happened to Mary? Mary heard Jesus. Mary heard Jesus. And this is what happens when we stay in a relationship with God. This is what happens when we come in God's church and when we sit and we allow God to speak to us. We hear the voice of our Savior. We hear him. He is speaking to us through his word and his spirit inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. So much more can be said about this message. When you go home and you meditate on it, oh, you'll receive so much more. (coughs) Thank you, Jesus. A heart of gratitude, okay? Are you following that? For all of us. Just a heart of thankfulness. Just thankful. And each of us have to work that out. Because where God met me is different from where he met Brother Marvin. It's different from where he met Sister Beverly. We all have different circumstances. It's different from where he met Nicholas. It's different from where he met Teresa. From where, are you following that? Jesus met us exactly where he met us. And we each have our walk with him. But we start off with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. For those who are listening, we thank you. Thank you for joining us. Praise God. It is all about the gospel message. Jesus loves you. Wherever you are at, whatever country, wherever you are listening to this, you're listening to this glorious truth that God loves you. And I don't know what religion you belong to. I don't know where you're at, your history, what's in your mind, your tradition, your family. But I do know this fundamental truth. God loves us. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us because God loves us. And why did Jesus have to come in this world? Because we have a sin problem. 
because God said so, because Adam sinned, and God solved it by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for our sin. And I'm reaching out to you today and the Suitland Road Baptist Church family. We all have this glorious testimony that Jesus is our Savior. And you too can come to Jesus. You can come to him regardless of where you're at. You might be even listening to this in prison. Regardless of where you're at in your life, Jesus loves you. Come to him today. And accept him as your Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart. And accept him as as your Savior. He will straighten things out and help you in your life. But come to him. We're going to pray and we want want you to join us in prayer. But truly believe what you're praying. Truly believe. And we want to pray with you at this moment. Lord Jesus, Jesus, thank you you for loving me. me. Lord Jesus, Jesus, thank you you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Lord Jesus, Jesus, by faith, faith, I receive receive the gift gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. I confess you are the Christ. I confess you are my Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray believing. Amen. Now for members of this church, Thank you. Praise God in this glorious Resurrection Sunday. Thank God for bringing us together. I want to pray with you now. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for for loving us, caring for us. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Bless us, O Holy Spirit, to have a heart of thankfulness. To take time, dear God, in the midst of pain and confusion and even suffering, to take time to thank you, Jesus. So we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. Amen. Was left.